This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. An important announcement coming up from the province this morning for more on that and what else is making news from Victoria. We're joined now by the Vancouver Sons of Vaughn Palmer. Good morning, Vaughn. Yes, Simi, it's certainly not a slow time in the news department. Lots of stuff going on every day. I know, it sure seems like it. Here we are heading into a long weekend. Usually this is no news. Today we've got big news having to do with schools. So what do we know about this? Um, I think the uh, phrase we're going to hear today is trial run. They're going to reopen the schools. Well, schools are already open. There are kids going to school, particularly children of uh Healthcare workers and others, uh, other children who need to go to school. So there is some of that. Um, you're going to hear trial run. You're going to hear mm-hmm. uh, elementary school reopening voluntarily. The idea is, I think the date they're going to pick is June the 1st, so it's still two weeks away. And that'll be a trial run for the fall when there will be a fuller reopening of the school. I think they've rejected the idea of summer school. So... We'll see how it goes. It's sort of like everything else. You know, we could say we'll see how it goes with the economy and the pandemic and everything else. And now the schools are going to be in the same boat. Right. This looks like it's going to be a tough one for teachers, though, because I can imagine not all parents are going to want to send their kids back or aren't necessarily comfortable. There's not room for all the kids to come back. Yeah, there's some apprehension with parents. Uh, They haven't in the school districts worked out um, entirely how uh, rotating hours, uh, half days, uh, some children come one day, some children come the other. There's all these options out there, and I don't think that'll be fully sorted out till the fall either. But I, I think generally the idea is let's get going on this, let's give it a try, recognize that as with almost everything else, there will be some bumps in the road, and maybe we get those sorted out in June and have a better idea what a more or less uh, full year resumption it won't be the same starting in September would be like. All right, let's talk about um, some of the things Dr. Henry had to say yesterday. Uh, and I know they're asking people to once again, like, stay close to home this weekend. Yeah, this is not, this is not the weekend <laughs> we restart. Uh, that, that restart really? day is next Tuesday you after the fool. long weekend. So she says stay close to home. You know, the parks are reopening. Um, George Heyman was announcing that yesterday, but day visits only. And what they're saying is if there's a provincial park near your home, yes, you can go to that one. But don't plan to go to that one you've always wanted to visit up in the Peace River country because that's not what they want you to do. So, again, it's a slow restart uh, starting next week. But, yes, uh, go outdoors this weekend. And if there's a provincial park near you, uh, well, yes, you can go visit that one. But, really, they'd sooner you just stayed home. You know, it seems like people do think that already the restart has happened. People are certainly acting like it out there. Yeah, you know, when you talk to them through the, the period of the, quote, lockdown, and, you know, we were never as locked down as a lot of places, there was always a sense that, you know, the public is going to get into this for a while, but there's going to be impatience. So we have to start lifting some of the restrictions slowly, even if, um, you know, we don't think that we don't want to rush into it. 
she said something very interesting yesterday. She's, this is phase two, right, which starts on mm-hmm. Tuesday. She said phase three, which has been announced for starting in June, is dependent entirely on what happens in the next two incubation periods. So an incubation period for the virus is 14 days, and two is um, 14 times two, if I can remember my high school math. Uh, So 14 and 28. So in a sense, we've got two and four-week windows where they will reassess how it went in the first two uh, incubation periods and then decide how many of the next phase restrictions go ahead. That's why almost everything you hear them say about the tourism industry, about um, um, things like other businesses that may open, mm-hmm. there's been talk of going back to the movie theaters, there's been talk about the film industry, all of that is hedged by First of all, folks, we have to see how it goes in the two weeks and the four weeks starting Tuesday. That's going to be a big one there, too. And I know that they've also started calling people about rescheduling their surgeries. Yeah, so we asked about that, and they announced the that they were going to start doing it uh, last week, and they said the calls would start right away. So Adrian Dix gave us the telephone count yesterday, uh, almost 7,000 people who had Uh, scheduled surgeries canceled, have been called and asked if they want to go back on the list. He was asked for a breakdown. He said he didn't have it yet. How many said yes and how many said no? But he said, I think it's fair to assume that some people aren't keen to go back in the hospitals. The government's message is the hospitals are safe. If you want to go back, you should. Uh, They've been saying that about the emergency wards for some time. But it sounds like there'll be a fair amount of take-up on this, and people will start getting their dates. Usually, you know, scheduled surgery is usually like really early, three weeks' notice. So I don't know how long it's going to take. They've they've told us it could take 24 months to clear the entire backlog. And also, this entire exercise is dependent on how things go, right. including whether or not there's a second wave of the outbreak in the fall. It's interesting, though, because I, I had somebody at my house who was waiting for a surgery, it got cancelled, uh, already got the call for the oh, rescheduling, good. got this good. call, and it's yeah. going to be in two weeks today. Yeah, Dick said, uh, you know, if you didn't get the call, you'll get the call. Everybody's yeah. going to get called, and uh, so it's going to happen. And then you have to work it out with your doctor, and you also have to work it out with the healthcare system. You have to make sure the facilities yeah. are available and the staff's available for that particular kind of surgery. Interesting. I'll talk about the ICBC situation. So nothing <laughs> coming, nothing doing on this ICBC. one. ICBC, I love it, you know. Uh, the dumpster fire, well, you know, that was all the Liberals' fault, but... <laughs> Now it's our dumpster fire. ICBC has um, managed to figure out how to lose money, even though no one's driving and there aren't any accidents, is sort of the way it went. Now, okay, yes, people are getting back on the road and accidents are starting again and all that. But basically, it was a financial update on ICBC that, yes, they've saved a lot of money by the accident rate dropping off almost $170 million, but... You know, the investments aren't doing very well. They're down a billion dollars. Oh, and people have actually taken advantage of canceling their insurance because um, they don't aren't driving. So when you put all that into the mix, it's way too soon to say that ICBC can afford a rate reduction or rebates, and we won't really know what they're prepared to do for us as their customers. 
until the end of the fiscal year, and the fiscal year, of course, they're on the same government uh, fiscal year as the government, so the financial year ends next March 31st. So don't uh, don't go holding your breath. We could have a vaccine Great. for COVID-19 before ICBC breaks even. So Unbelievable. Let's fingers crossed. Unbelievable. Uh, let me just get your take as well on the Wet'suwet'en situation. That memorandum of understanding uh, has been signed. What does this mean? Well, you know, they signed the deal with the hereditary chiefs, even though the elected chiefs said this wasn't a valid negotiation, that people were left out, it's not a valid memorandum of understanding, they went ahead and signed with it anyway, and and the premier said, that doesn't mean we're siding with the hereditary chiefs against the elected chiefs. Well, you know, come on, you you had the quote yesterday from Mary Ellen Turple of Fond, is a First Nations a uh, lawyer, academic out at UBC, and she said, you know, and she originally said this, mem- praised this memorandum of understanding. She turned around and said, look, given the division in the community, you shouldn't sign this thing because it's only going to increase the divisions in that community. Um, the minister, the federal minister, both say, oh, no, no, this is just a prelude, you know, there's still going to be negotiations. Well, Simi, they sided with the hereditary chiefs in yeah. the first round. How likely is it that you know, they're going to try to redress the balance with the elected chiefs in the second round. I think it sets a terrible precedent and the wrong message. But it's the kind of thing that, you know, government's doing stuff while our attention is all, of course, focused on COVID-19. So uh, maybe they'll get away with it. Well, we'll see. I'm sure we'll still be talking about it. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Sid.